placentophagy, meaning eating the placenta. Animals do it, some animals, so why shouldn't we? I'm very happy to welcome Shelby and Emma, who run a successful placental encapsulation business and are here to inform and intrigue. Listen up, how to eat the placenta. I have with me Emma and Shelby from Australia speaking with me today about placenta encapsulation. Uh, what is it? What does that even mean? Well, we learned about the placenta in, um, in last week's episode, and now we're going to learn all about encapsulation. So I always like my people to introduce themselves. So would you mind just introducing yourselves for our listeners? Hi, I'm Emma Mogg, and um, I started Blissful Beyond Birth, the placenta encapsulation business, in 2016. Um, and then uh, that's about when Shelby and I became friends, and I'll let Shelby introduce herself now. Hi, I'm Shelby Duggan, um, and like Emma said, um, I got into encapsulation through Emma. I was at her birth of her fourth baby where she encapsulated. Uh, and then we went from there and I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, and I started encapsulating when I was on maternity leave with my son, Max, and we are both certified um, through APA in America. So is, uh, just an outside question, is, is placenta encapsulation quite popular in Australia? Um, I wouldn't, I think that, just from what I've seen, it seems to be a bit more common in America. Um, Australia is, they are catching on, but I think it's because Shelby and I talk about it so much that we actually realise how much people want it in our actual city that we live in. But it is slowly gaining more popularity, but I, I feel personally that it's not as popular in Australia as what it is in America. I'll agree with that as well. I'm a, I've just finished my midwifery degree um, and I think in that whole time I only possibly referred two people to Emma that decided last minute to do it. It's more people who have um, been told by their friends or been educated um, online. Yeah, it's not something commonly asked for. No. Yeah, I think here in Canada it's become more and more popular um... It kind of reached a peak a few years ago, though. I think it's kind of gone down a little bit now. But anyway, so for those of us who don't know anything about placenta encapsulation, what is it? What does it mean? What what happens with the placenta? Um, in a nutshell, it's when you consume your placenta and we make it more palatable in a way that you're not actually sitting down eating pieces of raw placenta. It's... Um, prepared in a way that it's dried and you can swallow it like any kind of supplement that you would get from a pharmacy. Yeah, uh, eating raw placenta does have that gross factor to a lot of <laughs> With the knowledge that we have gained from seeing placentas on a regular basis and know the benefits of it, if I was to have another child, I would probably eat a piece immediately after it's birthed but that's just personally me Shelby just shuttered like Ugh, no thanks 
Well, I do know that a lot of midwives and um, and lay midwives and traditional birth attendants do have that little piece of knowledge in their back pocket that mm. uh, a little piece of placenta, if if there's uh, some bleeding happening that you that you really can't control, a little, little piece of placenta definitely helps. So, yeah, that, I, I'm not sure what culture that comes from, but that's a cultural thing. Um, they put it in the side of their cheek and it's meant to stop bleeding. Yeah, um, I remember my midwife that delivered my third and fourth actually said to me that I could dip my finger in just the maternal side of the placenta to help with bleeding. Um, with my third, I didn't want to do that. With my fourth, there was not really much time. Um, but with my first child, it's actually funny that the midwife offered me a knife and fork to eat some of my placenta. And I was repulsed by that idea. I thought, what on earth? I was 23 at that time and thought, no, I could think of nothing worse. Um, now I would probably pack a knife and fork in my, my hospital bag to do that. So what are the benefits exactly? Um, I'll, I'll, Shelby, I'll talk for this bit. Um, this is personal um, personal experience. So um, obviously there is limited research because it's mostly animal studies and it's really hard to do human trials. But personally for me, Emma encapsulated my placenta with my son and I, um, I had so much milk. I think I donated over 50 litres in the first month. Um, my haemoglobin, which is your um, red blood cells that carry the oxygen, um, I lost 900 mils of blood and my haemoglobin went from 150 to 90 and just taking the capsules on their own, it went back to 121 in the six weeks where you have that recheck blood test. Um, and I definitely didn't have any postpartum depression with my son. Uh, so that was, that were the main ones for me. And I think I had an emergency cesarean and my pain I believe was very well managed and people were quite shocked. And then I know for Emma, she only encapsulated with one of her children. So she can probably speak on the difference of her postpartum journeys. So when I, I ended up with really severe postpartum depression after my second child, um, it was to the point where um, I, I didn't want to feed her. I was very um, disconnected from her and um, that was managed with medication and then um, didn't really have much issues with my third. But then with my fourth, it was a different kind of pregnancy. We didn't expect to be pregnant again. So my whole mindset was quite different. And I had peripartum depression, so depression through pregnancy with him. Um, and then I decided to do a bit of research to try and help myself in the most natural way that I could and came across placenta encapsulation. So the plan was sort of put in motion very early in his pregnancy. Um, and then during his birth, every possible thing that could go wrong went wrong. Um, I had a full placental abruption. So my placenta completely detached from my uterus and Shelby was there to see all of that and um, lost a fairly large amount of blood. Um, but in the at the end of the day, that was actually the best case scenario for us. My son Wyatt was perfect. I was fine. Um, not taking my, my obstetrician was very supportive with the encapsulation process. His daughter was in England and had just done it as well. So he was supportive with that. 
and I encapsulated White's placenta and I had um, my haemoglobin levels were back to normal within five weeks without taking any extra iron supplements. I didn't cry once. I didn't have any afterbirth pains. I had very minimal bleeding and I had enough milk to tandem feed um, my toddler and my newborn. So for me personally, and from just other mothers' experiences with placenta encapsulation, the benefits um, seem to very regularly be increased milk supply, um, uh, increased energy level and mood levels, um, as well as increase in your iron levels to help with the postpartum fatigue, which can um, essentially lead to postpartum depression. So that is the most benefit that I had from my personal experience and why a lot of our clients do come to us as well. And so you've heard, you've heard, um, you've heard a lot of positive, obviously it's only anecdotal evidence, but you've had a lot of that from, from your different clients. We have, we actually have not had any clients that have not had a positive experience. It's always been, I felt so amazing. I had so much energy. I don't know why I didn't do this before. You know, it's always very positive. We've never had anyone become ill because we've got so many um, hoops to jump through to keep our, our clients safe, like safe food handling. So we're very mindful of temperature control and time that we do steam and dehydrate, um, as well as correct storage for the placenta itself before encapsulation and also the completed capsules. So they have to be kept at, um, in the freezer, which is essentially the best place to keep them. So that was where I was going to go next. I was wondering what the risks Sorry. are. Because I know in, um, in our, in our uh, city, I think probably quite like all together through, throughout Canada it's really hard right now during the pandemic to find um, a placenta encapsulator. Yeah. Uh, so, and the, obviously the risk, the, the fear is um, COVID, obviously, that somehow yeah. the virus is going to be, you know, transmitted. And, and uh, you know, you just trained as a midwife, so you know that there are the not, uh, not airborne, but more seriously, bloodborne diseases that you know most seriously HIV and, and hepatitis C so how do those how can you guarantee that those will not be um, transmitted through the through the encapsulation process like the the use of the same equipment there's there would be no guarantee like no 100% like most things but when we trained we trained through an internationally recognized organization called APA, which is also, you would have APA trained encapsulators in Canada as well. Mm -hmm. um, we sanitize with bleach. So it's in Australia, we use, it's pretty much liquid chlorine. So it's, and there is a very specific mixture that we have to abide by and we have to soak for a certain amount of time the um the equipment that we use has to be rather streamlined so we can't use steaming pots that have rivets on the inside so you you know to hold the handles and things on and our knife handles uh, are all stainless steel like one piece blade and handle um and everything that we have that we reuse for 
each placenta is all washed, sanitized, rinsed, and then air dried and stored in a container that um, nothing can get into it again. Um, and then we use as much disposable equipment as we can as well. Um, and we both um, have done extensive COVID training, um, which so we have done that through the government and we also we just keep up to what's happening in our state. Um, and then back to the um, HIV and Hep C, if we like to, we can encapsulate in their house instead of our own houses. Um, but like Emma said, our practices from the APA training are so... Um, what's the word they're so precise and Mm. thorough um it's it's a really low risk and even as a midwife um there's always that risk but it's just called standard precautions there's Mm. actually no extra precautions for hiv or hep c because you should be protecting yourself from that anyway as if the patient was an unknown source absolutely yeah we treat each placenta as though it is infected to keep ourselves safe and to keep our clients safe and our future clients safe as well. Um, APA actually added an extra module in their training for COVID. Um, And now when we do book in our clients, we ask them if they've had COVID during any part of their pregnancy, um, as well as uh, the last time they tested positive and a current negative test. Well, that sounds really thorough. So um, what kind of... uh what kind of geographical area like obviously you can't have someone coming with a week old placenta so how what's your what's your geographical area that you would serve as a placenta we work in Toowoomba so we're sort of the bottom corner of Queensland in Australia and we can service that area anywhere that we can get to in a certain amount of time we can service um if it's also on a time frame too. So the placenta will need to be um, refrigerated from about two to three hours maximum after the birth. And the hospitals here have actually been fantastic with us. We have our own special fridge at the public hospital and the private hospital has individual fridges in the client's rooms. And um, if the client would like to encapsulate but can't get to us in a certain amount of time, um, usually three days or 72 hours post-birth is when we like to start or need to start the process. Um, if it's going to be past that 72 hours from birth, it needs to be frozen. And we can encapsulate a frozen placenta up to six months old. So it just needs to be consistently frozen. Oh, that's good to know. I didn't yeah. know that. So can you tell for our listeners, like you don't have to go the, into detail. You don't have to tell us the recipe or anything. But what do you actually do with the placenta? Let's say uh, a baby's born and you get the placenta the day after. What what exactly happens to it from from the placenta into the capsules that you present? So we'll go and collect it directly from the mum, usually just because she's in that recovery stage. Um, Then we take it home and we'll start to prepare it in her chosen method. So Shelby and I both trained to do the traditional method, which has a steaming step, and the raw method, which is safe for mothers who are not colonised with group B strep at the time, and also if baby hasn't passed meconium during the birth. So we can do a raw start with that, which is just washing the raw placenta, 
and then we slice it thinly, as thinly as we can, and then it's dehydrated for 24 hours. Um, and then the grinding process comes in after that. Um, with the traditional method, uh, we do the washing method first, like we'll wash it and we will then steam it for 40 minutes minimum. And that's when the mum can decide if she wants to have the warming herbs added, which are added to the water only. They're not actually on the placenta. So they're things like lemon or lemongrass, chilies and ginger. And I try to source them locally from farmers that uh, grow their food in the area because we've got some really incredible food producers here So and lots of organic things too. So we'll do that. And then the the herbs are removed prior to slicing. So we'll slice the steamed placenta and then it's then dehydrated for 18 hours minimum. Um, and that's at a, a constant 71 degrees Celsius. And then it's um, grinded after that. So from the grinding process, it will then get put into um, our double zero size capsules and then we store them in the freezer until we can get them back to the mother, usually within 24 hours. Um, and then the mother is then instructed on how to take them, how to store them, if there's any issues to call us, um, to be mindful if she's taking iron supplements as well because it can lead to constipation and that's the last thing you want after you've just mm. had a baby. Um, and the other thing Em didn't say before we prepare the placenta, we do offer um, photos for the mums where we all like uh, put the cord in a nice shape or the letter of the baby's name um, and we do prints as well. Um, so that's all a part of our basic package. Yeah. Um, but And I just want to add the capsules we do all by individually by hand um, and you can get anywhere from 90 to the last placenta I did was 207, which was my biggest wow. year. Yeah. It was a big baby, big, big 10 pound baby. So the placenta kind of matches the baby weight. I think it's yeah. meant to be about one eighth. Yeah. So, um, well, okay, there's the yuck factor. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But then there are also some other criticisms that I've heard of, um, of encapsulation, um, eating the placenta, which has that lovely name, placentophagy. Yes. Um, so some of the criticisms are that basically the, the whole question of postpartum depression and increasing milk supply, which are the two main things that uh, really seem to be the benefits of, of um, encapsulating, those things can be provided by, um, let's say, the village. Like postpartum depression is is often really linked to isolation and alienation and um and and achieving a good milk supply can often be you know be achieved also by having really good support and postpartum help and all that so so what do you say to that those criticisms in a socialist in a social sense i do agree with that um having that disconnection from someone when after you've had a baby, especially in the time we are in now where everybody is feeling isolated and you've just had a baby, you do want support, but you also in some countries and some States, you can't have people in your house. It is very isolating and it would honestly be a massive risk factor. And that's why I think that people really need to start thinking about finding trained placenta encapsulators just to try and 
not cure or avoid, but try to take the edge off that sort of feeling that is going to come. Because I don't know about Shelby, but when I did take a capsule from my placenta within 40 minutes, I could feel a relief. And some might say that's a placebo effect, but some days it was, if I didn't have it, I would have a very down day. And then, you know, I'd take my capsules and then I would feel better. Mm. Um, I'm going to add too, with, I guess, with encapsulation, it can give a little sense of um, support and community as well. I know just like when Emma did my placenta, um, I saw her the day after I'd had Max and she was so happy and so excited and she like went over my placenta with me and then when she dropped the capsules back, she like came for a chat and like looked at my baby. She even showed my husband and all his friends the capsules and the prints. So in a way, it can add a little element of support and um, excitement as well. Well, it definitely did for me. And I know Emma's like that with all of her clients, not just me. Um, and I, I try and meet my mums and their babies as well if they're happy for that to happen. So I guess it does add an element of support if they're willing. Yeah, we need to start. <clears throat> I think we need to start thinking of the village in a more virtual sense, which it hurts me to say because I am a very people person and I do like that personal physical connection but at the moment we can't be like that so a virtual a virtual village is probably the next best thing and it can still make you feel disconnected because as humans we're pack animals and we need to be near other humans but if we have that virtual sort of doorway where we can still talk to each other and we connect with our placenta clients to see how they're going to see if they've got any questions um I have got a fairly large sort of knowledge of the postpartum community in this city and I can connect them with other women who offer different services that might try and ease that kind of um, feeling and a lot of other encapsulators are also massive birth nerds and they've got that kind of community knowledge behind them as well for that area so um, having a village is a really important part of your postpartum journey um, so I think we just need to start thinking of our village as more of a, a virtual kind of area now. I think that's so true and you you just made a really interesting point about why encapsulation especially now would be so important I'm yeah. actually uh, struggling right now because uh, I was doing some prenatal preparation with someone who lives in another province. So here we're in uh, very serious restrictions and we cannot travel. Um, I cannot travel to see her. She she just had a uh, pretty, pretty traumatic birth experience and, and is, is kind of suffering postpartum. And, there's, you know, there's nothing I can do besides just yeah. virtually, you know, make her feel better so like try anyway so that is that is really yeah. interesting a really interesting point um it, it would be hard for someone with caring kind of personality to try to try and nurture someone virtually and not in person because there's just a different kind of connection that you have with someone when you're in person if you're virtual um, especially in empaths they really need to try and learn how to project themselves digitally to their their clients or the person they're trying to care for which it can be difficult if you know you're not used to that kind of thing 
It can be very difficult. And the fact is that this, this post in particular, just for example, I think would have benefited greatly by having someone like you come over and, and get the get you know get the placenta and 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 then come back after a few days and and you know yeah give her the capsules and then whether it's placebo or not doesn't really matter at that point to be honest if it's helping and whatever yeah. it is right um, yeah. and 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 sometimes someone just really needs someone to be there and and, and be there physically yes so um Next question, though, about encapsulation and possible not 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 risks, but possible. I, I don't understand in my in my mind. I'm trying to work through it. Um, lotus birth. So how if you do you have to choose lotus birth or encapsulation or? Um, yeah. So with this one, obviously a lotus birth. Um, for the people that don't know what it is, it's where the baby's born with placenta and cord still attached to mum and baby and placenta not to mum sorry um and then you keep it there until the cord naturally dries off itself which um with some babies can take seven to ten days so obviously um we can't do it in that case but what emma and i do offer not that we get any lotus births <laughs> they're not very common um we offer that we could cut some of the placenta off so they would have what's called a partial lotus birth um, but yeah, like I said, we've never, we've never no. had that. Um, I, I wanted desperately to have a, some sort of form of lotus birth with my fourth, um, where I guess kind of did, but it didn't really happen. Um, where I wanted Wyatt to be born and his placenta to be born, then we can cut the cord. Mm -hmm. And that didn't happen because it just went south so quick with the abruption. But, um, I that's what I wanted and we do have in a sense it's delayed cord clamping with a bit extra step so the the placenta and baby are both born as long as that placenta is in the fridge within the two to three hour time frame it's fine um, if you've got a really crafty client who can organize some kind of portable freezer to clamp over that placenta for the seven to 10 days that it's going to take to dry off naturally, um, then you could have the lotus birth. <laughs> but I don't know if there's that kind of thing. But no, I've never heard of it. I mean, no. carrying a basket around is is, is challenging yeah. enough for most mums. I don't know about yeah. carrying a portable freezer around. <laughs> no, and I don't think that you would want to eat the placenta after that amount of time no. um, out of the refrigeration because there's a lot of herbs and salt and things that yeah. go on the lotus placenta. So, no, it's not safe. But like Shelby said, they can we can remove a piece of placenta. Um, any piece of placenta is better than no piece of placenta in my opinion if you're going to have a little bit then have a little bit if you're going to have a lot then do the lot but if you want to have a lotus birth and encapsulate you, there's going to have to be some kind of compromise yeah compromise. so um, common in your area because i don't think we've had any <laughs> oh um well they're quite common amongst the people that i um do prenatal preparation with uh, there's a there's a there's a small but growing group of um, mums that are that are taking birth into their own hands, and they tend to do lotus birth. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah we get a lot of questions about cord burning, um, and that's yeah. fine. Still encapsulate. Yeah. Uh, we offer the mums if they don't want to have a cord keepsake that we can 
um, encapsulate the entire placenta pulled and all. I've only ever had that once. Um, the mum consumed every last piece. So uh, that was quite beautiful. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of questions about when it's safe to encapsulate, when it's not, what drugs they've had during birth, if they've, um, you know, had an epidural, if they've had a C-section, all those yeah. kinds of things. And they're all, it's all fine to encapsulate with. And cordoning is absolutely fine as well. And what's the limit of the age of the placenta in terms of like how, how long um, the umbilical cord is left intact for, for encapsulation? Uh, oh, you can do delayed cord clamping. You can leave the placenta attached and the cord attached three, to baby three. for the two to three hours. Well, um, I've seen I've seen um, cord burning done after twelve hours. Would that be okay still? No, the placenta yeah. would need have to have been removed and stored safely. Um, yeah, so the I would, is about two to three hours then. It is for right. safe consumption. It is. Yeah. No, I'm glad to hear this because uh, that's that's the other thing. Like placenta encapsulation, you know, you get the you get the kind of idea of uh, you know which is and and the little cauldron, you know. So the fact that you're so scientific about it and you know careful yeah. is. I, I think for a little while there, I did give off a bit of a placenta witch vibe until people started <laughs> to a little bit better. Um, but yeah, it's all. We try to um, encourage our clients to ask us questions, any questions they like, no matter how silly they may seem. They're all important questions to make a decision like doing placenta encapsulation safe for them and to let that sit with them and, um, yeah. Um, I just want to go back to the community question just quickly. Um, with our packages, we Emma and I have just started thinking what we ourselves as new mums would have liked. Um, so we've actually, um, we're this year trying to get out it with when we drop off our tablets, a little package that has some um, affirmation cards that I have made and um, we've got some amethyst crystals because they promote protection, calming and healing and then we're in the process of making our own um, essential oil blend for a new mum so we're really trying to roll out the like um, new mums your awesome community as well we're trying really hard in that postpartum period to make it better because we know how hard it can be. Yeah it can be really tough really really tough and isolating so all the all the lovely gifts and and presents that i mean presence in both senses of the word the gift presence but also your own presence is so yeah. important for a new mum it is it's very important so i always ask my people to leave the listeners with one word that uh that they can give out into the world. So I'm going to ask that question of both of you. You get two words since there's two of you. Ooh. So, and, and it's not just about placenta encapsulation because clearly you do much more than that. It's about, it's about, you know, birthing in the world as it is these days. It's about how do you support postpartum mums? It's about, you know, living through what we're living through. So what would your one word be? Oh, uh. Have you got a word? I'm just going to go with the first word that came to my head, and that's empowerment. Just empower each other, empower yourself. Um, yeah, that's that's. It came straight to my head, so I'll go with that. Yeah, 
I like that. Mine would have to be calm. Oh. Yeah, be calm. All these things, they have a process to go through. So you need to be calm while they're happening and accept that they're happening and feel what you need to feel at that time and try and be calm and that will make other people feel calm. And, yeah, I like calm, empowering and calm. That sounds good. That sounds like a great combination and I think it might uh, possibly be both of you in the world as you working with new mums yeah we're very um we're, we're both in the very baby world so Shelby being um a registered midwife and I'm a non-diagnostic ultrasound tech as well as the placenta encapsulation so we've got a, and your jewelry and my jewelry I do the DNA um jewelry mostly for my placenta and scanning clients so we're sort of really spread out through the baby world and um we really do just love being with new mums and being with pregnant mums and going through that process. And, you know, it's not always joyful. It's not always happy endings, but we're always there with them. So that's what we sort of, that's why we're together. Like not together, together, just that's why we're <laughs> business people together. So. Wonderful. I'm sitting Thank here so much. and Shelby's belly because her belly's very pregnant and she's having lots of contractions oh nice it's uh I didn't imagine that when I was talking to you both <laughs> eight weeks <laughs> oh well good luck thank you and all the best and um and we'll all be we'll all be rooting for you by the time everyone listens to this that's wonderful yay thank you hopefully baby will be here yeah well, one never knows. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy lives. Three podcasts in our mini-series on the placenta. Introduction to this marvelous organ, lotus birth, and placental encapsulation. Feel free to share the series in a course or with your friends. The placenta is an organ we should all know more about.